Hey, good evening. Not as much as a privilege for me to be able to speak to you this evening. So many lovely faces. So attractive, all of you. Good evening. My name's Sam. I'm along with Steve, one of the pastoral leaders of the church. It's my privilege to be standing here and speaking about Jesus, speaking about the Holy Spirit, speaking about our Father in heaven this evening. You've just got comfortable. Would you stand with me? That'd be great. I love doing this. Now stand on one leg if you're able. Some people are actually doing that. God bless you. Listen, I I just, we, we all come from different backgrounds, different life experiences, different days. We've all had different days today. But you know what? We come to one Father in heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ has made the way so we can come to this one Father. And I pray for the grace of Jesus to rest upon you this evening, to rest upon me. So why don't you close your eyes just for a moment and say, God, would you speak to me? God, would you speak to me? God, draw me closer to your heart. Draw me close to you tonight. Holy Spirit, would you rest on us? Thank you that you live here. Thank you that this is the house that you dwell in. Not this building, but this people. Thank you that you dwell in my life. Thank you that you dwell in our lives. I just pray, I ask that you change us. You change us for Jesus' glory. For his glory. Amen. Please feel free to take your seats. If you want to stand throughout the whole thing, that's free as well. You, you can. That's, that's t- it might weird me out a little bit, but you're free to do that. Okay, we're going we're gonna to jump straight in. And um, Jesus said these words in John's Gospel. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. Look at that bingo. comes up on the screen behind. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is a profound statement. This is before he went to the cross. This is before he was tortured, whipped, beaten, and then crucified for our sin. He said to his friends, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. So we're in a little series. I'm doing a little mini-series. Paul and Steve have given me this freedom on the back of my my short break I had um, to come and share what I felt the Lord starts speaking to me about, and it's all about knowing him as Father. So last week we looked at identity. If you remember, we're going identity this week, intimacy next week, purpose. And if you're joining us for the first time, you come partway into a message. So if you're able to, download the message from last week and then it'll help put it into some form of context. But I want you to know that you can't really understand the intimacy that you've been invited into without knowing who you are. Without truly knowing who you are in Jesus. We scrabble around looking for intimacy, and we really don't know what kind of intimacy we've been invited into. So this series is all about going from orphan to heir. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I want to take you to a brand new place. This week, we look at intimacy. We understand that through Christ, he takes us to the Father, yes? We understand that somehow through this wonderful, redeeming work of Jesus at the cross and us putting our faith in Christ saying, yeah, me, a wicked rebel. Yeah, me, someone that's hurt and abused and, and, and tormented people. Me, someone who was a drug addict, someone who just had it completely wrong. Me, my faith in Christ means I'm now a son of God. No longer, like my friend said, no longer under slavery. No, and it's not on my good efforts. Look at me. 
like I said last week, look at the state of me. It's not that funny, but thank you. But look at us. Look at us, friends. There's nothing in and of ourselves that means, man, yeah, I can come to God. Of course I can. I'm a good person. There's nothing good in me. It's Christ in me who's the hope of glory. It's his work alive within me. It's his life now dwelling within my life. I like just doing this lap around the front. So we're going to look at this. We're going to, we're going to go from the same verses that we did last week. If you remember, just before we do, I said something last week, and it, it caused a few frowns, a few, hmm, not sure. But I'll say it again. You can be born again. What I mean by that, encounter the saving mercy of Jesus. You can be absolutely saturated in his presence, the Holy Spirit. You can be doing all sorts of brilliant stuff and think like an orphan. And live like an orphan. Live with your heart going, I just have no idea who I am. I'm trying to strive to be accepted. I just want you to want me. I just want you to love me. Please tell me you love me. Please tell me I'm okay. Please, just someone recognize me. Please, please, please. And I, I, I suspect that that's a reality for all of us in some way. So Jesus wants to heal our orphan hearts. And we looked at what an orphan heart looks like. Primarily, it's this. It's a heart that feels homeless. It's a heart that feels disconnected. Disconnected. It's wandering, looking for acceptance, affirmation, significance, meaning. That you? Man, 14 years ago, I was searching all over the place for it. In booze, in drugs, in relationships. I just wanted to know why am I here? And what is the purpose of it all? Is that you? I wonder if that's you. But our orphan hearts can find their true meaning in the Father's heart. Because Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to come to you. He didn't say, I'm, 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 I'm not going to leave you and leave it at that. He says, I'm not going to leave you in this state of being an orphan. So this week we spring into it again about intimacy. So knowing, man, in Jesus Christ, I'm seated in him. I'm clothed in him. I'm baptized in him. By the way, means drenched in Jesus so when we baptize people, we get them pretty wet. The scripture tells us that I now am baptized in Christ. That means I'm covered in him. I've got his glory living on the inside of me. And that's what changed my life, friends. So Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. This guy called Paul, if you're new to church, you're new to this experience, this guy called Paul, who was a killer of Christians, he murdered people that went to church. He suddenly encountered the saving mercy of Jesus and read and wrote them a, a good chunk of the New Testament. And it was all about Jesus. He says in Romans 8, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back again into fear. Listen to this. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, and by whom we cry, Abba. means Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, then heirs, and check this out, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. That's who I am. That's who you are. If you know Jesus, you're a fellow heir with Christ. All of the Father's house and his abundance is one day going to be yours. The inheritance that he has in store for you is yours. It's good. It's good, man. Galatians 4, if 
verse 4 to 7. But when the fullness, my friend read it out earlier, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under this thing called the law to redeem those that were under the law so that we might receive the full rights of sons, receive this adoption. And because you're sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Here it is again, Abba, Abba. It's not distant God, it's man, Father. I've got the spirit of Jesus in me that now calls out Father, Father. No longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. This is where I want to go with it. It's very much a themed series, okay? We're not going to just unpack what every word means in those verses. I just want to spring from here. We've been designed, we've been created, we've been fashioned together in our mother's womb for a reason. And that reason is relationship. We all long for it. Every single one of us in this room craves to be loved and to love. We, we all want that, okay? We get it horribly twisted, but we all long for it. We've been designed for love. We've been designed for love. We've been designed for intimacy. So the maker of the universe, the one that just decided to fling the stars into space, calls you by name. And he says, hey, I want relationship with you. I want to know you. Oh, by the way, I do know you, but I want you to know me. And I'm inviting you into this relationship. That's what I believe we've, all of humanity has been designed for. Whether you know Jesus or not, you've been designed for love. You've been designed to feel his love and to express his love back. And the heart of this intimacy with God is to know him as Abba. You know, the, the Bible here, my friends, this describes God in very powerful and detailed and, and a whole list of ways. His attributes, his nature. In the Old Testament, they knew him in, in all sorts of ways, but primarily in the New Testament, through the saving work of Jesus, Jesus says we now know him as Father. So like I said last week, yeah, he is holy, man. Don't ever underestimate that. But he's a holy father. Oh yeah, he is righteous and he is pure and he hates sin. Don't you ever underestimate that. But he is a father who hates these things. He is good, but he's a good father. He's a good father. He's a good father. He he, he wants to be so good to you. He wants to be so good to you. And this all comes from knowing who we are and whose we are primarily. Do you know what I think thrills the Father's heart? This Abba in heaven, this great creator that we can now call Dad. Do you know what I believe thrills his heart? When we suddenly get this revelation, oh my word, I'm a son of God. Oh my goodness, me. Me? I can call him Dad? That's crazy, right? Just think about it for a minute. You can call God Father? I believe that this thrills his heart. You know, I say that as, as a father. You know, something that thrills my heart, something that gets me going, is when I come home, and as I'm walking up the driveway, 
through the, through the double glazed window at the front of my house, my, my little girl often dressed so crazily. Bonkers. She's got a headband on, leggings on, my leggings, some dancing shoes, my dancing shoes. And, and she sees me, she clocks me from a distance and she just comes running and I can hear her through double glazed windows shouting, Daddy's home. And that thrills my heart. I don't care what she's been doing all day. I do. But what thrills me is I've heard my little girl go, man, daddy's home. And when my son, when I say to my son, do you know how much I love you? He said, I know how much you love me, dad. You tell me a million times a day. That thrills my heart. So I want you to know that what thrills your father's heart is when you have the revelation. It doesn't matter what you do in terms of performance. You don't earn it. But somehow there's an awakening within when you go, man, I'm loved. And I'm loved by daddy. I'm loved by my father. And I want to say to you right here, right now, friend, he accepts you. I know there's many in this room, you don't accept yourself. But he accepts you. He, he knows you by name and he calls you by name and he welcomes you home. So I believe we carry a message, and I'm going to be going into it next week on purpose. The greatest message we can carry is God's love on the earth. We're calling people home. We're calling people back to their creator, their maker. And I want you to know he absolutely adores you. Some of you have come tonight, and you, you think, I don't know quite why I'm here, but maybe it's just to hear these words. He adores you. He adores you. He adores you. Just a thought for you as we move on. Everyone's still alive? Yeah, okay. Some people look at me quite scared. I don't bite. But it's only half past seven. Nine o'clock I start biting. Just a thought for you. What happens in you? What reaction happens when I say the words intimacy with God? What, what happens? You don't need to shout it out. Don't worry. I'm not putting you on the spot. But just think for a moment, what happens in you when I just say intimacy with God? For some, oh man, utter bliss. It's like you're in the Maldives on a lilo. Oh yeah, here we are. You've got Chuckademus and Plyus playing in the background. If you don't know, then I'll pray for you afterwards. They were, they were a huge reggae act. Some of you are confused, utterly confused. Maybe with what I've just said. Some of you are confused. Oh, man, I don't know. When you say intimacy with God, I have no idea. I had no father. I don't know. Some of you are hurt. As I say it, you're like, man, it's like a knife. Others are disappointed. Others are confused. Some, nothing. Nada. Not even a dot. But what about you, friend? What do you feel? What, what reaction does it stir up? Because through the lens of identity... We've been, we begin to grasp the intimacy that we've been drawn into. It's through that lens. You know, many don't fully understand the relationship that's on offer, even tonight. The relationship that's on offer to you is because you don't know who's offering it to you. It's been so twisted, so maligned, so misunderstood, so abused. So when I first became a Christian, people said, man, he's like a loving father. I could not compute. I couldn't cross that. I couldn't put that in a box. 
I, I, I didn't know what that meant. But now I'm a daddy myself. It's like, oh, okay. I kind of understand what that looks like. But what does it look like for you? Because intimacy will be an issue unless you really know who you are and whose you are and who he is. Intimacy will be an issue. It will be misunderstood. You won't quite know how to be drawn toward him. You won't know what to do even. This intimacy doesn't come through a framework of religion primarily. It doesn't come through a framework of formula and format and style and performance and and your efforts. It doesn't come through that. It comes through relationship. Like any other relationship, the relationship I have with my wife, it's not through religion. Oh dear God, no. It's not through format. Man, I love her and she loves me. And there's this connection, there's this drawing towards one another out of relationship, not duty. I don't have to perform for M. She doesn't have to perform for me. There's just this love bond. You see, our intimacy with our Father, my friend Paul helped me with this last week, and I want to mention it now, can be misunderstood. It can be helped or hindered by the reality of our earthly parents. Now, I'm an earthly parent, and I do as best I can, but I get it horribly wrong at times. You know, I've done things before. My, my son's actually come up to me and gone, bad choices, Daddy. And I've been like, clear off. Bad choices, Daddy. But somehow, through, through the, the, the upbringing we have, good or bad, maybe it's been bad and there's been an absence of Father, so you feel very absent from Father. Or maybe it's been really good and you take it for granted. You say, well, it's just kind of blasé, isn't it? I don't know what it might be, but there will be the reality in this room. We've all got different life experiences, some good, some bad, from earthly parents. And I just think we've just got to be aware that God's nothing like our earthly mums and dads. I want to be careful. There's lots of mums and dads here. God bless you. And our role is to present him well. Somehow my kids will be hindered or helped by their view of me. Man, dad was too firm. He was too harsh. Whatever it might be. So we just need to be aware this intimacy will be affected through our relationship with earthly mums and dads. Now, as we move on, I want to I describe to you the incredible access that we have. The incredible access to, to God that we have. The incredible access to heaven that we have. Jesus said in the Gospels, that he is the way and the truth and the life. And that we actually come to this Father through Jesus. Uh, I've alluded to that. There's the access. Jesus is the access point. And if you remember, the cross, like I said last week, is our point not only of freedom, of redemption, of rescue, like that life raft, but it's also a brand new point of access. The cross takes us to a brand new destiny. The cross of Jesus Christ means that my life changes now for all eternity. Not just once off. It means that it's opened the way for me to come to this Abba, to this Father. This is the access. In Ephesians 3.12 it says, In him, that is Jesus, and through faith in Jesus, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Man, that's cool. 
I can approach God with my Christmas t-shirt on. With freedom and confidence. It's not Christmas. I'm not a weirdo. I'm not wearing Christmas t-shirts already. I am. We can now approach God with freedom and confidence. Now, let me illustrate this a little bit deeper. People come from all over the world, right? And they come to London and they go to this place called Buckingham Palace. Anyone heard of it? Yeah, woohoo, you boilers, come on. Um, we go to this place called Buckingham Palace. Been there several times, my good self. And we stand outside those big iron gates, shuffled and shuffled and getting eggy with people because we're getting pushed closer and closer, like we're going to be cheese grated through it. But somehow, we think we're going to see something royal. I, I, I might just get a glimpse of the Queen. She's, yep, the flag's up, she's home. The, the flag's always up, right? Oh, is that a corgi? You know, you're trying to grab onto anything, anything royal, anything royal. But we'd, we'd settle for just a glimpse at a distance. No way, Jose, are you ever going to be welcomed in. Like, you come up to the Iron Gate and think, oh, it's open. I'm just going to go in. Because A, you'll be tasered on the spot. There's so many barriers that you were not going to get through. There's Gurkhas out there now. You know, the elite soldiers that stand there staring at you. And I said it this morning, you ever tried to make him jump? Like you pretend to throw, like, boo. Some of you have. I like just, like, looking. But anyway, I'm going off the point. The point of the matter is you ain't getting in. You're not getting in. There's nothing that you can do to get in. There's a gate. There's Gurkhas. There's security barriers. There's security everywhere. And you stand from a distance for the slightest glimpse of something royal. There's no way you're going to be invited in. Now, the amazing reality of the gospel, you know where I'm going with this, those that are familiar with this sort of stuff. The amazing reality of the gospel is that Jesus has removed all of those iron gates. That's the reality of the gospel. It says in in Matthew's gospel that when he died on the cross... The curtain that separated men from God's presence in the temple was torn from top to bottom, from heaven itself, ripped in two, so that rebels like me can now come in. We're not going to get tasered. We're not going to get, why are you here, Ron? What on earth are you doing here? Your name's not down. Listen, I want you to hear this. There is now no dividing barrier separating man from God through Jesus Christ. And he's not just a king, he's the king. He's not just a king of a nation, he's the king of the nations. He's not just the king of a a, a certain sphere of society, he's the king of the whole universe. And there's no barriers, there's no restrictions, there's no making appointments, there's nothing. And there's no more standing from a distance going... Man, I wonder whether I can just get a glimpse of something royal. And I wonder whether we do that, friends, as Christians, as sons and daughters. Maybe I'll just, I'll just get a glimpse. Tim, if you're going in, I'll just get a glimpse of you, bro. I, I don't know. I, I can see you from a distance, God, but I, I don't know what you're like. I don't know what you're like. Whereas the Father is saying, not only come in, but stay in. Not, not only come in, but welcome home. 
You get that reality? It's like the queen going, hey, come in. Yeah, thanks for coming, Steve. Welcome. Been expecting you. Yeah, feel free to just have a drink. Open the fridge. Just have a look around, whatever. Yeah, in that room, that room. Oh, and by the way, this is all yours. And you can stay for good. You know, that's the reality of the gospel, that we are welcomed into heavenly places. We're seated with Jesus to live there forever. And God says, welcome home. That's where our reality, that's where our intimacy starts and stays. I want to just discuss with you some benefits of this intimacy that we've got. Firstly, there's now a place that we can empty our hearts. I don't mean the blood and stuff, that's gross. I mean there's a place where you can be you. There's a place now where you can just empty all of your joy all of your pain, all of your lust, all of your longings, all of your confusion, your insecurities, your anxieties, your concerns. There's a place that you can now call home. There's a daddy in heaven that you can now call father. And there's one that you can come to 24-7 as you are. And you can take him all of the longings of your heart. And it's a safe place. Every aspect of life. Another benefit, we get this deeper revelation. When we connect to him through intimacy, we get this deeper revelation of who he is as daddy, who he is as father, who we are as his children. What I mean by this is he begins to reveal what he thinks about you. He'll begin to tell you what he thinks about you. The whispers. I know what it's like, friends. I stand and look in the mirror as well. So often we, 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 we feel rotten about ourselves, don't we? Or is it just me? Whereas we need to draw close to this loving Abba, Father, and then we hear, you're my daughter. You're my precious son. Man, I'm so pleased with you. I, I so accept you. I, I long to be with you. We think we long to be with him. It's nothing compared to how much he longs to be with us. So as we draw close to him, this is huge benefit. He begins to reveal his heart for us deeper and deeper and how he thinks about us. He's got wonderful thoughts about us. I remember hearing someone say, I can't afford to have a thought in my mind that's not in his mind about me. I can't afford to have a thought in my mind that's not in his mind. Because the thoughts in my mind about me are twisted. They're not right a lot of the time. But the thoughts in his mind about me, man, that's where I want to live. And that's the intimacy that is beckoning us all into another one. These are for free, by the way. We get to understand his true nature and character. He starts displaying to us what he's really like. It's so, it's so easy for us to go, hey, he's healer. He's redeemer. He's father. He's good. He's compassionate. He's kind. I know what this is like. We only really understand and experience that reality when we draw close to him. Scripture says that when we draw close to him, he comes close to us. When we draw close to him, we get to glimpse his true nature, who he really is. And you know, he is healer. Do you know what happened this morning, just to share testimony with you? I got this nudge to go with this. When I said he's healer, I felt this kind of permission in the Holy Spirit to say, let's pray for healing. So I just said, look, Anyone here need healing in their body, just lift your hand up. Scores of hands went up. 
And we just said, okay, joy, joy come, would peace come, would life come? God, we just create space. You come and heal. Easy as that. Stepped back and then said, I felt this other nudge to say, well, go on then, see what's happened. And you know that moment where you're like, anyone feel anything? And several hands went up in the air. One lady, she's only been coming to church for three weeks. She felt the peace of God just flowing through her. And that was in the space of three minutes. When we draw close to Father, we get to understand his true nature. We get to understand his true character, that he is really good. He is good. And we, we, we can understand his goodness. We experience the fullness of his goodness. This is another point, of just fancy words. The abundance of his goodness, of his house. You know, I like to think of the Father's house, of heaven itself, full to the brim of abundance and and there's nothing bad there right so everything in the father's house is full and it's abundant so when you draw close to him you get to experience the reality of his goodness for you his joy for you his his mercy for you his his peace for you some of you need peace tonight just draw near to god some of you need joy tonight draw near to him some of you need healing draw near to him some of you need more goodness draw near to him kindness patience whatever that might be another one he gives good gifts to his kids these are just ones that i've just looked at in the scriptures when we draw close to the father he's got good stuff for us listen to this in matthew 7 if you then Talking about earthly dads, this is Jesus. If you then who are evil, oh, thank you, Jesus, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, the Bible calls us evil dads, right? I don't think Jesus is saying evil, as in wicked. But he's basically saying if, if you as limited dads know how to give good stuff to your kids, and I love giving great stuff to my kids. You know, whatever I have, I want to give them. I want to spoil them. It's the, it's the nature of being a dad, right? So how much more our Father in heaven just wants to spoil us? Just to say, do you know, the resources of heaven. Heaven is now open because the curtain's been torn open. So just come and get. Come and receive. Come and sit in my peace, my joy, my rest. Lastly, before we move on, we can learn to live from a place of rest. This is huge for us. Anyone suffer with striving and drivenness? Oh, just me again. Anyone suffer with trying to please people all the time? Yeah, thank you for joining me. Leave me hanging up here. thought you were friends. Anyone suffer with, man, I've got to perform? Uh, Jesus says, come to me and find rest. I love it because I'm quite a simple guy, and he makes it nice and simple. Jesus says in the Gospels, do you know what, after a hard day's work, I'm paraphrasing, hey boys, why don't you come away with me to a quiet place and we're going to get some rest together. He says, if, and this is you tonight, if you are tired and weary, carry heavy burdens, come to me, not me, Jesus, and I will give you rest. We can live from a place of rest, no more striving, no more striving. Because we need to understand that Jesus has done all of the work and he's now sat down in heaven. He's not striving. He's not there going, oh, flipping heck, Jane. I'm on a treadmill for you here. He's going, no, Jane, 
look, look how I'm sitting. I'm just sat down. You, you get stressed if you like, but or you could come and just sit with me. I'm tired just doing that. That's how I'm fit I am. Moving on. Listen, let's make this a, a deeper reality. In Luke's Gospel, Jesus gives us this example, Luke 10. Now, as they were on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed them into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted by much serving. And she went to him and said, Lord, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, oh, Martha, oh, dear Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen what is good and it will not be taken away from her. You know, the Lord knows us all by name. He knows us each individually. He knew Mary and Martha well, and he knows you well. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your innermost being. He knows what's going on right now. He knows your thought right now. And it's all about positioning. Intimacy is all about positioning our hearts in the right place, getting the right posture. So I want to ask you, what camp do you slip into? quite naturally. Is it like Martha? Stressed, anxious, concerned, agitated, irritated about much? Or is it Mary? Man, I just love sitting with Jesus. It's not laziness, by the way. It's the right posture. It's the right starting place. So through life and everything that we go through, through life, primarily everything that life throws at us, it will force us into one of two camps, okay? And I know which camp I naturally bend towards. How about you? Are you a Martha or a Mary? See, Jesus said that this will not be taken away from Mary. She's chosen the right portion. Martha had the wrong focus, whereas Mary had the right focus. We're going to pray for you right now and then move on. If you feel like Martha, if you know now, tonight, tonight, Sunday evening, that if the Lord was speaking to your heart right now, he would say, X, you are troubled and anxious about many things. You get distracted by so many things. You are so easily agitated and irritated. I just want to invite you to stand. Thanks, bro. Also, if you know you struggle with trying to please people, you're so conscious about what others think all the time, can you please stand as well? Why don't you just extend your hands for a moment, just as a place of saying, Jesus, I'm sat at your feet right now. God, I just pray for your grace to flood this place right now. Thank you, Jesus, for the truth of the gospel that says, when you draw near to me, I come near to you. Thank you for the reality of your peace, supernatural peace right now in these hearts and lives, my heart and life. So right now, why don't you just say, just give this 30 seconds or so, just say, oh, Jesus, would you come and give me peace? Jesus, would you come and give me rest right now? Would you come and refresh? Would you come and refresh my soul right now? If you're next to someone that's just standing, why don't you just lay your hand on them? Just lay your hands on each other. 
So often God uses us like a conduit, if you like. We see in the Bible when they laid their hands on one another, things happened. I just, as, as hands are being laid, God, we just pray, would you flood this place with your Holy Spirit? No more striving. I pray that everyone that boldly stood tonight would leave this place changed, knowing that these bags are being left at the foot of the cross again, or in this doorway. And actually, from this day forward, we're going to live in peace. We're not going to strive to please people. And we're not, God, I pray that we would no longer live in the camp of Martha, but we'd live in the position of Mary as a worshiper, sat at your feet, saying, man, I just want to know what my Savior says. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Peace would you flood right now. Amen. Amen. Feel free uh, to take your seats. We're just going to, I've got a few more things to share with you, and I'm going to invite the band up, and we're going to kind of seal this thing in worship. The key to intimacy is the Holy Spirit. The way we encounter God now on the earth, the way we get drawn close to this loving Papa in heaven is through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. How does he come to us? Through the Holy Spirit. Elsewhere in the Gospels, he says, hey guys, I'm going away, but don't you fret because I'm going to send someone else to be with you forever. And guess what? He's going to be just like me. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fully and totally God. I haven't got time to go into the Trinity stuff now, but the Holy Spirit is God on the earth with us. And it's the Holy Spirit that makes the saving mercy of Jesus a reality. It's the Holy Spirit that makes uh, the, the, the wooing of the Father a reality. How do we know the Father? Through the Spirit. How do we have this intimacy with Jesus, the Son, and the Father? Through the Spirit. The Spirit pulls us into intimacy with God. We, we live right in the heart of God. Father, Son, and Spirit. How do we experience the tender love of this Father? How does this phrase go from words on a page to written in our hearts, Abba, by the Spirit? Somehow the Holy Spirit within us and our spirit, our soul, they they mingle together and then there's this cry within. There's not just this, I've worked it out in my head. There's this deep cry, like when my daughter sees me from a distance and she goes, Daddy's home. There's this cry when two worlds collide and we call out my father. That's the intimacy that the father is inviting all of us into. Some of you might be here tonight going, man, I'm enjoying it, Sam. You didn't have to bang on for 40 minutes and waste my time. God bless you. You can come and pray for me. But some of you I know are longing for this. Some of you are hungry for this. There's some of you here that are on cloud nine and others feeling like you're living in a garbage dump. And others just saying, man, I don't, I don't give a hoot really. I just want to give you an invite. Are you hungry tonight? Are you hungry for the, more of the reality of God in your life? Are you hungry to know this Father close and personal and intimate and tender and affectionate? If you are, I'm going to invite you to stand right now. I'm going to invite the band back up as well.
Oh, Holy Spirit, we love what you do. I love the reality of the Holy Spirit. That a decade ago, the Holy Spirit removed the blindfold that was over my heart and my eyes. And I saw this Savior. I didn't know about this stuff, church. But I knew Jesus was real. And I knew he saved me. We love you, Holy Spirit, for that. We love you, Holy Spirit, that you draw us into this love encounter with the Father, the dance with the Father. That, like my girl Bethany, we can all be like, Daddy's home. But I want you to hear more than that. Daddy's going, Casey's home. Paul's home. Castiel's home. Andy's home. And we can go on, Steve's home, Pete's home. Bonnie's home. We can go on and on and on. Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray, would you, would you pull us towards yourself? Would you pull us into this deep encounter, this deep love encounter with the Father? My friend texted me this morning just before I got up to speak. He had no idea what I was speaking on. He leads a church in the town. And he heard someone pray this. He said, Holy Spirit, make my life your resting place. Isn't that good? Why don't you just repeat that? If you're someone standing, you might want to put your hand on your heart like this. You might want to put your hands in the air, whatever you want to do, and say, Holy Spirit, take me to the Father. Take me to my Daddy. Take me to my Abba. Would my heart come home? Holy Spirit, reveal the Saviour. Holy Spirit, make my life your resting place. From here on out, make my life your resting place. From here on out. So we're going to worship. My brother here is going to lead us. We're going to sing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. If you need some space, you can move out. If you need to kneel down, lie down, it's pretty hard. You do whatever you need to do. We'll close our time after that. But as we're singing... I want you to picture yourself being drawn close to your Father in heaven. And he wants you to live there. As you come close to him, hear the words, Welcome home.